This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here is your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January 12th, episode 2848. Good morning, horse people. Big Wednesday, the day you face your own biggest challenge, the day you risk it all, the day you either distinguish yourself or fade into the crowd. Hang on, we're hitching a ride. Daddy. I want another pony. I put 40 hours in this weekend, man, it's only Wednesday. I've been cussing this damn heat all day long, there's got to be another way. So I pick up my guitar and I write a song. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Jamie, you know, we have a lot of listeners. Yes. If we could just get 2,000 of them to help us out, we can buy a town in Colorado. Ooh, really? We could have a horse radio network town. It's a, actually a reproduction town that they built. A couple of the buildings are original, but it was on a stagecoach line in Colorado in Sagochi, Sagochi, Colorado, something like that. Um, but there's total of 28,000 square feet under roof, 22 bedrooms, 24 baths on 320 acres. And it's right in the middle of BLM land and all that kind of stuff. I don't see a barn yet, but we could fix that. We could put a barn up. They have a bar. They have a a dance hall. They have a church. They have boarding houses. What fun would that be just to go together and to have our own little town we'd go to anytime we wanted? How much is it going to cost all 2,000 of us? Well, the total price on this town is $4,700,000. So I divided it by 2,000. If if we could just get 2,000 of our people to contribute, it'll be about 2,500 each. I feel like you should double that and make it one thousand. I I don't know. I, it doesn't seem like there's enough bedrooms for all of us. <laughs> well, I think you have to book your weeks. We'll do it as like a timeshare. Uh, that's what we need to do. We could do it like a timeshare. And apparently, the everything's operational because it's a reproduction. So it was built, you know, not too long ago. So you don't have to worry about everything falling apart right away. Um, but what, a de- what a deal. That it's pretty, so actually. Fun. It is kind of pretty. <laughs> so, And it looks like they do have a barn and a, and a paddock and all that kind of stuff. So we could just, you know, divide that up. Uh, yeah, it's 320 acres. We've got plenty of room to expand. <laughs> oh, my God. You're ridiculous. <laughs> I think we should do it. Let's do it. Hey, before we get to uh, Daily Winnie's today, I wanted to... I just wanted to mention a couple of people that passed away in the last week. We talked about comedians passing away, but um, these were people that we met and stayed with on the road show over the summer. Um, when we were at Lisa's at, over at Colby's Army, she didn't. She has crappy internet out there in the mountain of, in Tennessee. So we went into town and we stayed at her good friend's house. It was Mike Glavis, and we did the show from his basement. And he was fascinated. I think he'd been in radio or something before. So he he was hanging around watching the whole thing, and he died very unexpectedly mm-hmm. in his mid sixties of a heart attack. So. 
That was a couple days ago. And then in Aiken, we stayed at a beautiful dressage farm run by Chris Powers. And uh, her significant other died of a heart attack. Uh, we met him. He cooked for us. He made a big dinner for us. And we had a whole big party there. Uh, and he died of a heart attack last week, too. So I just wanted to give our best to... All the families involved there, uh, from from Jennifer and I and from all of Horse Radio Network, you were kind to us, and I just wanted to mention that today. We have a show planned for you today. Darren's coming on from American Harvest, and he's going to do the giveaway. Somebody's going to win 90-day supply of American Harvest products. He's also going to answer some listener questions on CBD and the use of CBD with people and horses. Alyssa Matthews is stopping by from Discover the Horse. Remember, she's the one that's trying to ride every breed in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's going to be coming by once a month, and she's going to tell us about her experience with Shire horses in England. Nice. Also, horses in history. I'm going to talk about weather veins. Yes, it does involve horses. And Jamie has some stories to tell about apparently some recent falls that I haven't heard about fall, yet. Fall, recent fall. Oh, fall. Okay. Singular. Okay, got it, got it, but- got it. I have some listeners uh, and auditors that chimed in about the dumbest way they've ever fallen off a horse. So we'll have that for you, too. And weird news is going to happen in the post show for the auditors. So. Yeah, because they were a little inappropriate. Yeah. All you people sent me <laughs> stories about body parts and things. <laughs> and we are getting more email. The reason we're more concerned than ever is we're getting more and more emails about kids that listen to the show. So it's like... Uh... So, post-show is not kid-friendly, people. (laughs) No, not at all. There it is. Sorry about that. So, Daily Winnies. All right, buckle up. There's a lot of them because I tried wow. to get as many as I could or find them all up until Monday of next week because you're going to be doing a special episode we'll talk about later on Friday, and I'm going to be out after my surgery tomorrow. So we have birthdays. Audit- or One is a host of Hor- uh, Horse Radio Network, Reese Koffler-Stanfield, host of the Dressage Show and a good friend of ours. Happy birthday, Reese. Sam Gay, Templeton Thompson's husband, who I uh, got to do a couple concerts with recently. Happy birthday to Sam. And now auditors, Kathy White, Lorene. It's Lorene Barden's birthday. We should have something special for her or something. Uh, Lilla Hewitt, Katie Kelly, Mary Kitzmiller, also a host. Amanda Haas, by the way, you'll hear Mary on the show tomorrow. Mackenzie McCullough, Elizabeth Toby, Carmel Dunlap, Alex Sherman, Allison Tay, and Wanda Manley. Happy birthday to all of you. A lot of birthdays in January. So we, we hope you have a great day. And now I'm trying to find your deli bunny. What's wrong with the sound today? It's you. Uh, it is. No question. <laughs> um, so my daily bunny goes out to the goat. Greatest of all time. That would be my dear friend, the Duke. The Duke is a horse that I purchased over 10 years ago from a listener, actually an auditor, Betty Fay. And, uh, the Duke has been with me when we lived in Arizona and now that we're in Oklahoma and he is just the greatest horse of all time. And he deserved my daily Winnie. Why you ask? Why? I ask. I had a fall 
off of Duke. <laughs> you off of Duke? Off of Duke. Nobody I falls fell. off of Duke. I know. <laughs> were you drunk? What were you doing? <laughs> so I ride Duke almost every day. Somebody does because I use him to help with training the babies. So if I have a horse that, you know, it's going to be their first time in the arena and they've They've been ridden in the round pin. Duke comes into the round pin and somebody rides him in front of whatever baby horse there is, baby race horse, baby regular horse, whatever. And then we, we Duke goes out of the arena and in uh, out of the round pin into the arena. And then baby horse follows Duke. And I swear to you, I have had horses like rear up and come down on top of him. And he's just like, looks back. He's like, damn kids. Like he's just the greatest horse of all time. So <clears throat> at this point, Abby's on baby racehorse and who actually is a baby. He's two and a half. His name is, um, Omagene. I keep calling him Omicron. I can't help it. Um, so she's on Omicron and I'm right. I'm riding Duke right in front of her and baby horse, by the way, if anybody's looking for a unbelievably gentle, safe, quiet sound gelding. Omicron is your guy. So we got Omicron behind Duke and we go around and we go over the poles and some serpentines and some circles and back and forth, a little trot, you know, and he's just awesome. So for those that know, I have broken my left foot a few times. So I don't dismount onto the ground anymore when I don't have to. So I ride Duke who, by the way, I'm sitting on bareback with a dually halter with reins on the dually halter. That's all I ride him in. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? So I always ride when I dismount the horses over to the mounting block and I dismount onto the mounting block. So I don't fall. And Duke is huge. He's like 16, three. So, uh, I always dismount from the top of the horse onto the mounting block. And I do this on Duke all the time. Zeus will stop at the mounting block. Cause he'd be like, get off. Like, I mean, they, they all are trained to go to the mounting block and stand still. Cause that's when she'll get off. Um, so it had been raining that morning. And so when I was walking around, I had a lot of the arena sand on the bottom of my boots, whatever got on Duke, rode him around, didn't think anything of it, rode him over to the mounting block where I then, stepped, you know, off, like threw my leg over and went to step down onto the mounting block. And at that point, the sand on the bottom of my shoe and the water from the rain on the top step of the mounting block. Oops. Oops. <laughs> so <laughs> I stepped down to, with my left foot onto the mounting block and it just was like I stepped on a sheet of ice and my left foot went and, and mind you, baby racehorse is literally touching Duke on his opposite side. So it's like Omicron, then Duke, then mounting block. And I'm sliding off of Duke and I put my left foot on the mounting block and it just disappears. Like it just, just, I slip completely off of the mounting block. And at this point, again, 16, three, I fall like I, I mean, it's, it's like somebody pulled a rug out from under me. I fell onto my back, hit the mounting block and put back and my arm on the way down and ended up smack on the ground underneath the Duke's feet. And it, what does he do? 
nothing. <laughs> he like looks at me like, what the hell are you doing down there? What does baby racehorse do? Who's also standing there and sees me and hears the sound and boom, I hit the ground. Nothing. He did nothing. They both stood still as statues. Okay. But now, what did Abby do? <laughs> here's the thing. I have fallen just in general. Like if anything happens in the world and Abby can laugh at it. Like if you fell down the stairs, she would laugh. She can't help, but it's just like her, her natural nervous thing yeah. is to just laugh. It was dead silent. Oh, <laughs> she just thought you were dead under there. Cause she was like, uh, are you, you okay? And I was like, and I mean, I hit hard and I was just laid there and I was like, Oh, you know, you do that thing of like, can my toes wiggling? Like my hands. Mm -hmm. And I was like, actually, I mean, I had my helmet on and everything. So I actually had, and I had like, it was so cold. And you always, when you ride the babies, wear your vest. So, but I wasn't on the baby. Right. (laughs) I was on Duke. So Abby had the vest. So I'm laying on the ground directly underneath this. So I'm like wrapped around his front left leg. And if he would have moved at all, he would have stepped on me. Now I had a coat on, I had a vest on, I had two shirts because it was freezing and he didn't move. And so I wanted to give him my daily money because Duke, He's the greatest horse of all time. By the way, the Duke is 28 years old and is crushing it and is going to live forever. So thanks for that. Um, How are you? Dude, I couldn't turn my neck for like two. This happened on on Sunday and I didn't talk about it on Monday. I teased it because I wanted to collect some stories because misery loves company, (laughs) you know, but surprisingly I was okay. Aside from having a really sore neck and arm and I did bruise my butt from where I fell on it. So, I mean, I'm not perfect, but like nothing's broken. So I I got really lucky. Like if he would have freaked out, he could have easily stepped on my leg. Like, I mean, there yeah, or uh, your chest or whatever, yeah. um, something. Yeah. And he just stood there and the other horse didn't move and Abby didn't laugh. That's when I knew it was serious. I mean, she didn't <laughs> she laugh. probably thought, Oh, I got a part missing. Abby's not laughing. <laughs> Later on. She's like, I just thought it looked like it really hurt. <laughs> I was like, well, it did. So I, I collected a series of, now you're going to have to wear your vest when you ride, Duke. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't want to. So I, I'm, I've had dismounted off the mounting block several times since, and I've been a lot more careful. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more careful. So I, I wanted to collect a bunch of stories because misery loves company. And I just thought maybe I could read a couple of the, the stories that I went into the auditor's Facebook page and I was like, hey, friends, tell me the dumbest way you've ever fallen off. All right, here we go. Some of these are going to be cringeworthy. So so dismounting off of a mounting block and busting wholesale and falling down the back and having the horse look at you is like embarrassing enough. So, um, Angie, and and there were so many, and a lot of them were very similar and I'll get to those. Uh, but Angie said at a halt, I leaned over to check the girth. I overbalanced and fell off. <laughs> like just like leaned down to fix the girth and just plummeted to the ground. Actually, I'm um, kind of surprised that doesn't happen more often. And I've seen people do that where the girth wasn't tight enough at all, and then they just the whole saddle goes. Yeah, you know the saddle didn't fall off. She just fell off. <laughs> uh, Lori said, 
I was getting on my friend's OTTB mare using mounting block and she was kind of far from me. And as I went to get on, she helpfully stepped towards me and I sailed over her and landed on the ground on the other side. (laughs) She said, so technically I didn't really fall off since I never actually got on. (laughs) And there are multiple stories of all of you going to get on and getting on the, uh, like too far, like going to the other side of the horse. So that's in the, in the blanket, everybody did that thing. Um, let's see. Casey said, I, tr- <laughs> I tried to mar- mount bareback in tight shorts and I ended up rolling <laughs> off on the other side. Imagine like trying to throw your leg up yeah. and both <laughs> your legs just go together because yeah. you can't. <laughs> Amazing. Jenny says, when I was a kid, my mom gave my friend a leg up and she lifted her up and kept lifting and lifted her right to the other side where she landed on her butt on the ground. And I have we have all seen that one where you, you oh, do yeah. the leg up and throws them right over. <laughs> yep. And April's is a good one. I was warming up my barrel horse, just loping slow circles and talking to a friend. And I was trying to be cool since my gelding was like super cool character and wasn't your typical hot horse in the pen. And as I'm loping, he stopped quick to smell a random poop pile. And as he stopped over the front, I went, <laughs> did you end up in the poop? That's what I want to know. Did you end up in the poop? <laughs> Uh, Juliana says, uh, happened to a friend of mine. I almost wanted to do this one last. She was wearing a tank top that had a built in sports bra and riding in a Western saddle. Somehow her tank top got hung up on the horn during a squirrely moment. And she fell off topless at a boarding barn (laughs) with children present. (laughs) How does that happen? You got to rework it doing that. (laughs) So good. Kathleen said, when we were younger, my brother went over the head of our pony right into the water trough as she stopped to take a drink. <laughs> you always see kids, like yes. the horse puts his head down and they just go bloop, straight down. Like you don't have to hold on to the reins when they do that. Uh, Lori says, this didn't happen to me, but a friend of mine wound up hanging from the saddle horn by her bra. <laughs> <laughs> this is a thing with you guys. <laughs> Western is dangerous, people. <laughs> Melanie said, I was trying to pony. That's it. No donkey. more bras while riding Western. It's not allowed. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, well, that'd be <laughs> dangerous. Uh, Melanie said, I was trying to pony a donkey. And when he planted his feet, I allowed myself to get dragged off my horse rather than dropping the damn rope. <laughs> I have almost done that so many times. And as you're about to come off the back, I it pops into my head, just let go. Yeah. Just let go. Yeah. Um, Eileen says, the first lesson I had coming back as an adult, I caught my leg on a jump, trotting past it, and I fell off. Her <laughs> <So laughs> leg hit the jump Oops. standard and just pulled it right off the saddle. Um, Marissa said I was trying to tighten my girth from the saddle, but it was a dressage saddle. And so the buckles were a stretch. And then somehow while stretching and fumbling, I managed to undo both buckles and drop the girth. And that was when I realized that this was not going to end well. It didn't. (laughs) Yeah. You got to get off (laughs) somehow. Uh, Diane said, okay. So in that case, do you get off on the... Which side is better? She undid the girth. And- no, but then the girth let go. But now you have a loose saddle. Which side's better? The side, you know, that the girth's hanging down or the side that doesn't have the girth hanging down? I don't think you have a choice in that moment. Yeah, you really don't. Either way, it's going to be bad. 
you just kind of fall off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in your head, you're like, I can just kick my legs yeah, off just, and slam behind me and yeah, like, like a land gymnast. on my feet, like a gymnast, like <laughs> yeah. a pommel horse. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. happen. Diane said, this was not exactly a fall, but boy, it was embarrassing. I was riding a horse at a, this is the last one. I was riding a horse at a ranch and the horse was in a Western saddle. I read English. So when I dismounted, my shirt hung up on the saddle Here we horn. Go again. <laughs> I did not realize it until I hit the ground and then my shirt was up over my shoulders. I panicked and started jumping up and down trying to get it unstuck. <laughs> and my friend had to come to my rescue by calmly telling me, just put your foot back in the stirrup and get back on so I could unhook my shirt. 56 and still that girl. Yay! <laughs> Please tell me there's a video of that one. <laughs> oh, God, wouldn't that be great, Diane? If there is, we really want to see it. <laughs> and I would love to play, if I had the audio, I would play that girl for every single one of you that chimed in and let us know. And there are so many I didn't Oh, I can, I can help you with that. Thank you. I don't want to be that girl. There was a lot of galloping up hills, horses stopping, bucking off, falling, whatever. Those aren't that dumb. These are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, the sure, getting caught on the on the Western saddle. I never, I didn't see that one coming. I didn't. I'm terrified. Uh, it's so funny when I ride English. If I have a, I have to tuck the back of my shirt in because I'm terrified of my shirt getting hooked over the cantle of the oh, saddle. Yeah. And I've seen that happen, and like it never ends. There wasn't well. any ripped pants or anything in this whole one. Yeah. Nobody ripped a pair of pants, yeah. but again, that that's not falling off. That's putting that's your true. foot in the stirrup and ripping. I've done that. Many uh, times. We need to do the ripped pants stories. What was the most embarrassing? Write that down. Yeah, there Write you go. Down. Most embarrassing. Well, I think that they get in the shirt. Yeah, with that the, one's pretty the good. Tank top with the bra built in and <laughs> then hopping off. That was pretty shirt good. Completely coming off. That was fantastic. <laughs> Those kids talked. To, they're still talking about that at that barn. Remember that time we saw boobs for the first time? <laughs> that was. They went home and told their parents. They thought that was the funniest thing ever. I just love the fact of like Diane talking about how her shirt was hooked over. So basically she's like a prisoner. Her arms are up over her head and the shirt is stuck on thing and jumping up and down trying to get it unstuck. And it's like dumbass, just put sorry, just put your foot in the stirrup and get back up. <laughs> So good. Everybody, thank you. Misery loves company and we love hearing your awesome stories. Head on over to statelinetech.com right now for their winter sale going on up to 70% off your favorite brands of uh, coats and uh, people coats, horse coats, helmets, uh, buckets, stuff for the barn, saddle pads. They they have, man, let me see how many pages. I can't get to the bottom of it. They have eight pages of things on sale right now at their winter sale. So uh, check it out. Uh, I saw they have actually have uh, paddock boots on sale for 45% off, marked down to like $50. Those are the oak paddock boots, uh, which is a real good deal on those. I, I just got a pair of those of their country boots. I'm excited to try them out. But yeah, yeah but I buy them because I know that I'm going to ruin the ones I have now. So they're still in a box on the shelf. I found them on sale at Stateline Tax. So you can go and stock up on boots. Ooh, these are, ooh, I could have a second. I mean, they have halters. They have uh, Cavallo boots for your horse. Oh, those are marked down. Um, And it's just 10 pages of stuff right now at their winter sale. Oh, my God. Super cute, like, fur top winter boots, faux fur winter boots for $29.99. I I will warn everybody to think ahead when you're ordering because my brother, who does a lot of shipping, the sign guy, 
Um, he was told by his shipping company that everything is slowed down to a crawl because so many people are out of work. And he said, I think it was, uh, it was one of the big ones, not UPS. Might have been FedEx. FedEx Air had to stop operations for a couple of days because their pilots were all out sick. Oh so gosh. everything has slowed down. He said, uh, he said, warn everybody that your shipments will be late, delayed, or otherwise, even if they're coming from Amazon or Stateline or anybody. So if you need something, go ahead and get it now. Uh, if you need something for a month from now, go ahead and get it now. And you might as well get it while it's on sale at StatelineTAC.com. Now it's time for our health segment, and it's brought to you by Daily Dose Equine. Well, we have Darren back with us from American Harvest, and we're going to be answering some questions for our health segment today about CBD and the use in horses and people, actually, today. We're going to talk about both. Uh, And you guys have been advertising with us for a little while now, and listeners kept coming up with questions and posting them, and I'm like, okay, we just got to get them answered. (laughs) So, um, So, Darren, thank you for doing this. We appreciate it. No problem. All right. So Nikki asked, she ordered some American Harvest. I think she ordered the pellets. And she said, I just got mine in. How long does it usually take to start to see results? Um, Well, usually you'll start to see results between seven to ten days. Um, The veterinarians and the science says that the, 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 the amount of CBD in the blood after seven to ten days is sufficient to see results. So people generally see results after after seven days. Their condition usually improves. And Jamie, you used it. That's about what we we saw too, right? Well, that's what Darren had told us the last time too. Yeah. Was that you know a, a couple two weeks you'd be able to see you know all the results. And so yeah, Zeus has been on it now. If for some reason I miss a day because sometimes I screw stuff up, am I gonna need to have all that seven to ten days, or will kind of slowly trickle back in? It's, it's definitely going to slow it down, but um, once you're giving it regular, you should like it's it it burns off. They've they've found out that it it metabolizes in twelve to sixteen hours. So, so don't screw up. <laughs> yeah, so stop twice, being a loser, Jamie. Work best. <laughs> All right, that's good to know. And Charity said, "What effect, if any, can this have to help horses exhibiting neurological symptoms?" Uh, specifically ataxia after stroke, looking at properties to calm ongoing inflammation and pain. So basically, it's a question about inflammation and pain. Yes. Well, this is interesting because the the neurological system runs alongside something which is called the endocannabinoid system. Um, So they've, they've shown in studies that when CBD is introduced, it, it helps the the neurological system function better. So I, I would imagine that it would definitely help. All right. Very good. I know that's one of the things we've talked about with CBD is is inflammation and pain. It's one of the reasons that people use it. And, uh, uh, you know, and it's one of the, let's face it, it's one of the reasons people use marijuana too, right? So it's just kind, sure. of, kind of related. Uh, so Charity asked that. Thank you, Charity, for asking that one. We appreciate it. Uh, also, uh, Michelle said, I think American Harvest creates products for people too. If they do, I wonder what uses CBD might have for a rider. They sure do. They have a full human line. All different strengths are available uh, in an oil oil-based tincture. Um, it's very effective for, for conditions like 
what we riders suffer from a lot, arthritis, um, you know, sore back, all that kind of stuff. It definitely helps. I take it on a regular basis. And I definitely see, I feel the, the difference when, when I don't take it. So back to your comment, Jamie, I think your horses will feel it too when you don't give it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, Jamie just fell off her horse and hit her back on the mounting block and screwed herself up. Will it help that? Oh, Darren, so embarrassing. <laughs> I dismounted onto the mounting block and I slipped and I fell. And so, yes, um, if I were to rub some of that CD on, onto my ass that's bruised will that help or should i just swallow it how does that work because it's 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 it's, uh it's a tincture it works better sublingually so when you drop it in your mouth it gets into the bloodstream better and it's more effective that way versus you would need a balm or or a topical if you're going to rub it on or an nice. entire so bath full of it in your case. <laughs> swig from the bottle that's yeah. what i'm getting like i have a cbd uh it's it's like a it's like a massage oil, but it's it's got you know it's it's got CBD in there. So, I mean, when my hands in the in the evening are getting sore from working all day, I'll I'll rub some of that in, and 30 minutes later, my hand my hands will just feel brand new. It's 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 wow. quite amazing actually. And I, I know that he sent me some of the. I just got some of the human in too, so I'm going to be trying it as well. For I have chronic Lyme disease, and uh, you know some of that. And mine's mostly, oh, yeah. mine's neurological, but I also get the joint aches and all that stuff. Um, so I'm going to be trying it for that to see how it how it helps that. I can imagine it'll help a lot, Glenn. Yeah. Well, this is great. And so you guys, when we first talked to you, this was being rolled out to Alltech. And and it's. Uh, I know we can't make all the announcements yet, but let's just say that the products are going to be going out to more places soon too, right? They are. They're, they're, uh, the push is to make it nationwide. Um, we're already getting close to that, that goal. And um, I'm excited to, to see where, where these products end up and how many people they can help and horses. And what's the website again that people can go to? The, the website is alltech.com. They can buy it off of that store. Right at Alltech is, and, and have it shipped from there. And that's it. You know, we got ours yeah. from there, too. So uh, and it came pretty quickly. So definitely head on over to Alltech store. Uh, st- I think it's store.alltech.com and look for the American Harvest products there. You can get it. One of the neat things about these products is you can get it in pelleted form. So you, it's just a feed through then and it works out real well. Uh, you know, they're eating it and they really like it. They, they, there's no problem with them eating it. <laughs> oh, no. He <laughs> loves it. Actually, Darren, I had to tell you a story. Um, my Mustang, Zeus, who uh, makes a living out of escaping from anything he's in, I had one of the containers of the oh, yeah. uh, thing uh, sitting on a shelf in the barn, and he knocked – that's the only thing he ate. He knocked over the container and ate about a third of the entire container of the horse hemp. Anything that I should wow. notice, <laughs> I mean, aside from him feeling really good, uh, anything I should well, be he'll concerned about? Feel really sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> Was he unusually hungry for like cupcakes and uh, Taco Bell? I uh, caught him outside eating a bag of chips. Is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely weird. <laughs> no, but there should should not be any adverse side effects with with an increased dose like that. There'll just be. 
if anything, a little more lethargic, and, and by the next day, they'll be back to themselves. Well, that's what he wants. That's what she wants anyway. Maybe you should feed him a third every day. Cause... But I just give him that as his grain. <laughs> Y'all sell 50-pound bags? That'd be great. We actually do. Perfect. Well, Darren, before we let you go, you're going to announce the winner of the 90-day supply of American Harvest products. This has been going on uh, for a couple months now, and we promised we'd announce the winner beginning of January here on the show. Do you have the name? Uh, Jamie, can you give us a drum roll? Oh. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have your drums handy? <laughs> yeah. All right. Who's the winner, Darren? I have a name, and the lucky winner is Madison Tillman. Madison Tillman. Madison. All right. Woo! Congratulations, Madison. And uh, Congratulations. And I'm sure that uh, American Harvest will be in touch with you to get your prize over to you. Very good. Thank you, Darren. We appreciate you stopping by. Thanks, guys. Bye. Here I am hanging out with Janet Geyer the lady who invented Daily Dose Equine horse feeds. All of those formulas are from her big brain. And the latest in the lineup of non-GMO verified horse feeds is something called Mass No Sass, which I think is adorable. So what led you to develop this feed and who's it for? Well, okay. So uh, I have a horse named Charlie. And Charlie was actually eating Carb Buster. But what we were doing was adding a lot of barley into his feed. And we were going through bags of Carbuster and bags of um, barley. And I thought to myself, why don't I just make a feed out of this? It would be perfect for all these horses that need extra weight, but they don't necessarily need to get hot on something like oats. So what we did is create the product, which is Mass No Sass, which is uh, basically made of alfalfa and timothy hay. And then we put some barley in it, which digests in the foregut, keeping them nice and calm. Uh, we put in a lot of vitamins and minerals. That's how it all got started. Charlie's fault. <laughs> it's Charlie's fault. So this is an ideal feed for what you might call hot-blooded horses, the thoroughbreds, the Arabians, right. the horses that, that need those calories because they have a, a metabolism that requires it. But they really don't right. need any extra energy of the naughty sort. Right, exactly. It keeps them nice and calm. Um, it's got a lot of fat in it, so it's 15% fat. It's 21% fiber, so it's really healthy. And uh, they seem to really enjoy it, which is nice. Something that's a little bit different about Daily Dose Equine horse feeds, too, is the feeding rate is a little bit different than most commercial feeds because you don't have the extra stuff in there. So... What is the recommended feeding rate to get your horse started on mass no sass? Mass no sass should be fed at a rate of four pounds a day for an 1,100 pound horse. That's pretty if low. If you've got a really skinny guy, <laughs> you could go up to five, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's pretty low. We also added in some edible clay into this formula as well as lysine. So lysine is the first. Uh, rate-limiting amino acid, and uh, we added that in along with canola oil and peas. There we so go. the omegas are really great in there, and uh, the horses just love it. It's not just high in fat. It's high in the good kinds of fat. 
Exactly. There we go. That makes a difference. So if you want to learn more about Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds or find a local dealer near you, you can go to www.dailydoseequine.com. Or alternately, if you need to buy yourself a bag or three of Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds, and there are six different formulas, you can go to Chewy.com, and there you will find fast and convenient nationwide shipping. Well, you've all heard her on the show before, but now you're going to hear her more often. We've had Alyssa Matthews on before, and she is with Discover the Horse, her quest to ride every breed from around the world. And Alyssa has come on a number of times. You can go back and actually take a listen to her past episodes with us. But now she's going to be coming on once a month and talking about different breeds that she's had experiences with. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Glenn. Thanks for having me back. Now, you travel around the world. Where are you right now? I'm actually at home in Colorado right now. That's not a bad place to be, Colorado. <laughs> it, it is a very good place. When you're not having 100-mile-an-hour winds, that is. so. Yes, yeah. that is true. That is true. <laughs> so tell us the breed we're going to talk about today. You know, today I thought we would start out with a big breed, and that happens to be one of the world's largest breed, the Shire. Yay! I'm a draft horse fanatic. I used to own Percherons. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so I love draft horses. There is something so just majestic. I mean, everybody talks about them being gentle giants, and until you are around draft horses in person, you probably feel the same way. You you just... Don't even realize that majestic presence until you're standing right in front of one of them looking up at their huge face. <laughs> now, Shires are interesting, and everybody can Google Shire, and you'll find it. Uh, and you have an episode out, too, that we'll talk about. But the um, Shires are interesting because I've been to draft horse auctions where they've had hundreds of draft horses, and they've had Shires and Clydesdales, and sometimes I had trouble telling the difference. Yes. In fact, the uh, the horse that I rode for my quest horse for the Shire breed is a bay. And so he looks very similar to a Clydesdale. Uh, so there can be a lot of confusion between the two, especially when they're, you know, not that classic black Shire with kind of the white stripe. What did you learn about Shires? Oh, my goodness. I... I really enjoyed digging into the history of the breed. Uh, just, you know, hearing about the fact that their ancestors trace back to the original war horse. So they, you know, there were these smaller breeds of horses in England, the native ponies like the Dartmoor, the Exmoor, but they weren't large enough to carry the knights into battle. And so they ended up bringing over horses from other countries, bigger draft breeds, and built this, this war horse. And so it's so interesting to go back and look at how they were war horses, and then they turned into cart horses. They were the horses that were pulling barges along canals. They were working farms. They were the main source of transportation. And just their history is so fascinating to me. So are the ones you were with, are they really, really big? Are they the 18-handers, the or were they? do they tend to be a little bit smaller height-wise? Yep. So the ones, that, uh, the, the ones that I was with, there were four of them at uh, Coldcroft Shires. And the main where, horse and that where I was at? Coldcroft Shires. It's in England. Okay. And uh, the main horse that I rode, his name is Willem, and he's an 18-1 hand gelding. So he's definitely one of the bigger horses. 
my last Percheron was that height. And it's like riding a couch, isn't it? It really is. You get up there and the whole world, it's, you just have this different perspective. It's so much fun. I was, I was brushing him as I, we got him out and I started brushing him and I realized I couldn't actually reach his back with the brush unless I was like standing up on my tippy toes and like holding onto the edge of the brush. <laughs> Did you pick his feet up all 30 pounds of them? Uh, you know, I didn't pick his feet up, but, uh, just standing next to them. It's just that dinner plate size is so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like riding them? Because is this your first one of, that was, you know, one ton? This was my, yeah, my largest horse for the quest for sure. Uh, he, he was so interesting because he's such a big horse, but he's such a light horse. So when I asked him to trot, and you can see this in the quest episode, you, when I ask him to trot, he just immediately goes into this beautiful floaty trot. And then I just asked him to canter and he just picks up this just world moving canter as you're just flying along. And yet, as soon as you just kind of exhale, ask him to slow down, he just drops down in energy. Like, for being such a large horse, I was just so amazed at how light and responsive he was. And you do feel like you're you're uh, you're moving across the ground, don't you, when you're trotting and and uh, it, you know when you pick up the canner. You definitely do. You definitely <laughs> but it's like in do. slow motion, though, too. Yeah, it's uh, it it's an experience, like I said, kind of a different perspective. Like it, it really feels, even as a horse person that's ridden a lot of different horses, you get up there and time kind of slows yeah. down in this weird way. <laughs> it's almost like it's floaty. I don't know. That's yes. the word I use, floaty. Floaty is a perfect way to describe it. Yes. Yeah. Because it's like you're, you're on a, you know, a uh, 150 foot yacht instead of a 20 foot you know, dinghy. It's, like, right. it's a big difference there. <laughs> How'd you find getting on and off, by the way? Uh, I used a mounting block. And, <laughs> uh, and so that that made it quite easy. The getting off part was particularly funny, because I own an Icelandic horse. And so when you <laughs> get off of an there. Icelandic, <laughs> <laughs> it's a big difference. It kind of felt like, you know, I've Pop my feet out of the stirrups and I swung around. And as you were like dropping, like you're waiting for the ground to get there, but you're still dropping. And then finally you hit the ground with your feet. So. <laughs> now, I, I love the video because one, it's just quintessential, idyllic uh, English countryside where you stayed, right? Yeah. It's just like you would imagine it to be. Um, but was there anything that surprised you about this breed? You know, what I really loved, so so at Coldcroft Shires, uh, it's run by two wonderful people, Jamie and Katie, and they have done this amazing job of making their whole place feel like a step back in time. So when you arrive there, they have all of these endangered breeds of farm animals, and then Jamie uses his Shire horses on the farm to, to work the farm, and he also has Shire horse experiences that people can come and learn about the breed. And so for me to see the Shires in that setting, I mean, it, it really felt like a step back in time. And to be able to see them in that way was such a unique experience for me with the quest, because what I want to share with people is why each breed is so special and kind of the story behind each breed. So that was the really 
fun, exciting, surprising bit for me to just feel so at home and just so content being there with the Shires. And he hooked up a pair for you driving. So how did you like that? That was so neat. So Willem and Millie, Willem was the gelding that I rode, and then his best friend, Millie, uh, they are wonderful driving horses. And Jamie actually recently drove them over 600 miles up to Scotland um, as a a fundraiser for a charity that helped his brother. And so these horses, he hooked them up and we drove from the farm out to this uh, medieval market town of Newent. And so we're driving along the road and cars are coming by us on these narrow little English roads. And there was a tractor that went by. We're heading into town and the horses just knew their job so well. Like they're trotting along, as, as Jamie says, at Shire Horse at Shire Horse Pace and the the feeling is so cool and you're going along and you go into town and uh that was a very unique experience for me as a horse person. Wow, it was beautiful in the video. I mean it's just your quintessential medieval town, right? It's just it's just yes. perfect. You could it's a postcard basically. It really felt like it. And we also drove out to uh, out to the pub in the town. So it, it really felt of course like a you very did. quintessential <laughs> English experience. Of course you did. So I had the opportunity. I've driven for um, oh, Percherons. And I had the opportunity to sit in a wagon when there were eight. Wow. And I was in the front seat uh, driving eight. And even two, it doesn't matter. I drove two in a competition, by the way. We'd, we were at the Percheron Congress, which we were invited to come do that, Dr. Wendy and I. And we they had us drive in a, in a cones competition, driving this pair <gasps> of Percherons, which oh, was yeah. a disaster for me. Um, <laughs> but because, you know... Uh, it, there was some pressure. Uh, so, so, but then we got to do eight and just, and I'm sure you felt this, the power, you know, there's power up there. Yes. It, it is something that it's so like, you see these horses and you realize how big they are, but then you get behind them and you like your experience to getting the hands on the reins and feeling that power go forward. Like it, it really makes you realize just how valuable these horses have been throughout our history because they can do so much. And when you're in that cart, when you're in that box seat up there, uh, you're high up <laughs> because yes. you're above those guys and they're big. So yes. you do feel like you're riding high up. I think uh, that that Cones course experience for you must have been, oh, must it was have terrifying. been so great. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrifying. It was terrifying. Doctor, um, he has a TV show, Paul, um, the veterinarian uh, who has the TV show, the old style vet. He was there and he was actually in the competition with us. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, so it was fun. He didn't do well either, um, which made me feel better. So. You know, that is the good things about Cones courses, though. You can get out there, you can get some speed, you yeah. can use the power of those horses, and it doesn't matter if you mow over some Yeah, I did. Cones. We mowed some cones that day. <laughs> so this is fun. You know, if there was, if I had the money right now to get another draft horse, I would look at a Shire. You know, I've owned Percherons, and I really love Percherons, especially the black ones. I'm just a black Pertron guy. But, um, and I never, you know, I've been around a lot of Belgians. Uh, they tend to be, the Belgians tend to be not as quite as tall. They're right, shorter yeah. and stockier. And actually, 
the Amish use more of the Belgians because they are shorter. As you learned, it's almost a negative to have a horse that that's tall that's that tall for when you're working because everything is just harder. Yes. So the the interesting thing about the Shires, and I haven't. I'm very much looking forward to going and meeting a lot of the other draft breeds. I haven't done too many for the project yet, so stay tuned on that. Yay. But. The the Shire horse is this, you know, majestic animal, but they do, they, you know, they are bigger. They The tack is bigger, the amount of feed, uh, you know, keeping shoes on them, all of that, that there is a cost to all of that. And so they... Thus they why my wife a- won't let me get another one right now. <laughs> <laughs> so the horses hit a point, um, you know, as people started switching and not using horses for machine tractor work, that sort of thing, the horses numbers dwindled quite a bit. And so they actually are now considered an endangered breed. And so it is one of those things I was talking with Jamie about when I was there. It's so important to recognize that these horses are so special. And even though there are aspects that, you know, are a little bit bigger, are a little bit more work, there's still something so important about saving them, recognizing them and showing people what they can do. I agree. And, you know, obviously the Budweiser Clydesdales and, and have been the ambassadors for the draft horse world, right? Yes. Uh, for all these years. And, you know, I've gone and seen them a few times too, and that's impressive. Too. I mean, it's just impressive. So uh, I love it when, when the Budweiser Clydes come in and you're sitting in an arena and they'll usually come in at a pretty, pretty fast pace and you just feel the bleachers shaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, the, the, the Clydesdale, the Budweiser's, I mean, they just have it. They have the music they just have everything you know it makes it makes it worthwhile well where can people go to see the video so you can head to youtube.com slash discover the horse and the quest episode is there and there's also going to be a breed video so you can learn about the history of the breeds and breed characteristics and hear a little bit more from jamie from coldcroft shires and you can they can find all of your past videos of course you you have a bunch up there now do you know so do you know what you have coming up next breedwise or in the next couple i am cautiously optimistic uh yeah, for as a we couple all are. of yes <laughs> a couple of breeds coming up i've got some plans uh for the cleveland bay um over on the east coast i'm talking yeah. with colonial williamsburg about featuring some of their horses and then also potentially getting out to try a cleveland bay out for a hunt Uh, So that might be coming this spring. And uh, then we're also looking at some other potentials, but it will all uh, it will all depend on, of course, what happens with our current situation. We have some good friends with Cleveland Bay. So uh, there's another really cool breed, actually. And I'm glad you're going to Williamsburg. A lot of people don't realize that at uh, Colonial Williamsburg, they have they have rare breeds. uh, They have a program for rare breeds of um, many different livestock, not just horses, but uh, cows and, you know, all the different breed, uh, you know, uh, livestock animals that you would have seen on farms back then. They've tried to keep some of that lineage going there and they have some rare ones there. They have such a cool program. I'm really excited to uh, to be able to highlight them and what they're doing. My wife and I got engaged there at Colonial Williamsburg. Oh, that's that is we so cool. Because yep. we just oh, love wow. it there. We were there for their 250th anniversary, 
Um, and they had a, the, all the reenactors come in from the Revolutionary War. Wow. So there were thousands of reenactors there, and it was just really cool. I mean, it was, oh. it was fun. All right. Thank you for joining us again. It's Discover the Horse. Go check it out. We'll put the links in the show notes. So, auditors, hang on to the post-show. We got some weird news that was not qualified for the regular show because uh, you guys are filthy. So, <laughs> so today, we're going to do kind of weird news every other week now, and we're starting, we're continuing a segment that we're going to do once a month called Horses in History. And, uh, you know, when you drive around, especially in Oklahoma, I bet you see a lot of these, the weather vanes on top of barns. I have a weather vane on top of my barn, and I read this, and this is fascinating. Is it a horse? You have a horse? Yes, it's a Morton barn, so they do the horse weather vane on. Uh, I mean, I had to well, you see them all over the country, right? And yeah. it's always the trotting horse. It's always kind of the same horse you see everywhere. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know this until I started digging into this today. That is an actual horse. The horse that you see on 99% of the weather vanes in America is an actual horse from history. His name was Smuggler, and he was a Kansas-bred, white-faced stallion, and he was a trotter. And he was in harness racing in the 1870s. And big, what a lot of people don't realize is harness racing back then, flat racing existed, but harness racing was very popular. It was like like thoroughbreds are today to harness racing today. It was the opposite. And you have to remember, too, back in those days, everybody drove carriages. So say every horse was a driving was horse. A car- so. Right. was a trotter, probably, and they had a lot of them back then. So it was a big pastime, and it was one of America's first spectator sports. So on September 5th in 1875, Smuggler raced at Mystic Park near Boston, and he won a $10,000 purse – which was huge in those days. That's probably what, 250000 now. And he won the title of the fastest trotting stallion in the United States. Well, there was a company that made weather vanes in Boston, and they were very proud of their horse that won up there in Boston. It was the Boston Harris and Com- Boston's Harrison Company, and they made a copper weather vane in his honor in his, to made it look like him. And what happened was, believe it or not, there was piracy back then too. All the other whaler vane companies went, oh, I'm just going to copy his horse. And that's what happened. Co- uh, companies all over the country just copied the design. And that's why this one particular horse has ended up on 99% of the weather vanes in America. That's so cool. <laughs> now I know. Smuggler My was the horse. little friend Smuggler. Yep. <laughs> and he was kind of a white-faced horse. Uh, you know, I saw a, a picture of him, and and believe it or not, there was a picture of him. But yeah, so that's how – who knew that that horse on the weather vane actually had a history? But there you go. That's That amazing. was my horses Good. and you history see, segment. And, and usually your history segments are boring, so I appreciated this one. <laughs> hey, I got a lot of good comments on my coin one from the other day, so so there. Take that. Yeah. Well, uh, this is The Scoop. We are going to be back tomorrow. Actually, Jennifer and Mary will be back tomorrow with a training episode. Friday, Jamie's coming to you, but it's going to be late. The show on Friday may not come out till Saturday morning, and tell them why. Because this is so cool. So tomorrow I'm getting on a plane piloted by my husband. And I'm no, flying. really? Yes. Oh, he's wow. flying the plane. So he had a 36 hour layover in Santa Barbara. 
So we are flying. So I'm going down to, he's going to be flying around before. I'm going to fly down to Dallas. He's going to pick me up in a 737 and fly me to Santa Barbara. Oh, wait, 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 wait. The- Does he come on the thing? This is Chad. I'm from the flight deck. My wife is on this flight today. Everybody clap for her. Does he do that? <sighs> Last time I was on a plane, he got on and announced. He was like, I'd just like to say hello oh, to no. my smoking hot wife <laughs> who's in number 23E. Did he say smoking and- hot? Yes. <laughs> Yes, he did. And Lucas was with me too. He's like, and my handsome son, Lucas. Did everybody like, look at you and clap? What did what, what did everybody do? Everybody stood up and looked at us and pointed. Yeah, it was <laughs> insane. Yeah, it was just as embarrassing as you could imagine. And somebody was like, smoking hot. I'm like, dude, I am wearing sweatpants right now. Like, don't don't try me. I wear my barn clothes. <laughs> yeah. So we are going to fly to Santa Barbara and he gets a hotel room, so we're going to have a hotel room. And then Friday morning, I'm, we're going to drive to Flag is Up Farm. I rented a car for like 12 hours, which, by the way, is still stupid expensive. It's like $400 um, for your 12 hours. Exactly. <laughs> and so we're going to drive up to Flag is Up, and I'm going to do a sit-down with Debbie and Pat and Monty all together and just interview the family. And I, who knows what's going to come up? Who knows? But they're going to film it and put it out on the university. It's going to be a big deal. So it's going to be really fun. But again, <clears throat> are you going to get into personal stuff? Or are you going to stick to training or don't you know? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, it just, uh, you know, it just depends on how warm Monty is that morning. Really? Um, every, you know, y- y- like he always says, have a plan. Don't fall in love with it. And that is what I'm going to go into this segment with this this episode. But again, it's California time, which if we were to do this on regular time, it would be way too early. And I'm not getting Monty out of bed. Not going to happen. So we will be recording it at oh, we some point. We don't want point. him grouchy. Dude. <laughs> exactly. I don't want him mad at me. He is like so- 87 or 88 or something. So. Yeah, he's amazing. So, uh, so we're gonna sit down and talk to all of them, and I, I'm sure it'll be kind of over maybe lunchtime. So the episode, I then I have to get the audio over to Jennifer. So it might be, and they have to put it all together. So it might be Friday or, or Saturday morning, or even. Saturday. Yeah. Just, just Let's just Saturday. be safe. Yeah, we're just saying Saturday. <laughs> she also has to take care of me day after surgery. So there's that. Oh. She'll be fine. She's got nothing else to do. You'll be fine with sleeping. (laughs) Well, it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited to do it. And um, thanks, everybody, for understanding. Then on Saturday morning at 530 in the morning, Chad is going to pilot me in a plane all the way back to Dallas, where I'll then hop on a flight, and he continues on his way. So pretty cool. cool. Very good. And Jamie will be here Monday and Wednesday of next week with substitute hosts. Uh, I'll be out all of next week. So we will have shows. So look for them in your feeds. But right now, I have to go. Uh, no, so, we got to do weird. We got oh, to. I got to get you show, laughing first. Okay. I'm going to do some weird news in the post show, and then I'll let you go prep for surgery. All right, sounds good. See you, everybody. Thanks a bunch. Hang in there, buddy. Bad neuter gals, everybody. This is my third one in like a little over a year. I'm not looking I'm forward like, to it. I'm not even stressed Ugh. about it like I was the last two. You'll be fine. Jennifer's going to. I'm stressed. Why are you stressed? (laughs) (laughs) This is not me.